everyone. Welcome to LRBC's online gathering uh, this morning. As a number of you have already signed in, it's great uh, to see messages from Judy and Eileen and Michael and Crazy Cello Lady and all sorts of people uh, who are joining us this morning. Hopefully Jane's joining us as well, who's going to uh, be involved this morning. Morning, Jane. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, actually. Thank you. The sun keeps coming in and out, and yeah, I, I, yes. I get the sun on my face sometimes and not others. Did you enjoy the rugby yesterday, Jane? Did you watch it, first of all? Well, to be honest, I didn't. Oh. Um, which rugby are you referring to? Well, I'm, the, I'm talking to England. Oh, but the women or the men? Well, both, actually, because yeah, they both yeah. played really well. Yeah, yeah. I've just caught the headline, so I didn't all actually... Right. Well, if you get a chance to watch them on catch-up, uh, I saw one live and I've seen little bits of the other one and, uh, yeah, yeah, great stuff. It's, yeah. Uh, it, it lifted my soul yesterday a bit, I think. And yeah. uh, So uh, did you get up to anything else interesting yesterday or earlier or later uh, in the week? Well, um, I took advantage of the little caveat in the government's guidance to visit somebody vulnerable. So Good. I went up to Suffolk to see my mum yeah. and it, I just had a very, very lovely time. So, good. Yeah, we did something similar with our daughter, and, and that was good. We went for a nice long country walk yesterday, and that was uh, good to be out in the fresh air and then get back for the rugby. So perfect yeah. day. Perfect yeah. day. Good. Well, look, let's uh, let's join with everyone else. There's all sorts of people signing in, Lauren and Andy and Ruth and, and Chris and uh, Susan and Gary and Joshua and all sorts of folks. So let's continue to glory God as we pray together at the beginning of this gathering this morning. And so I read these words, one thing I've asked of the Lord, this is what I seek, that we may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Creator God, your kindness has brought us the gift of this new morning, this new day. Help us to leave yesterday and not to covet tomorrow. Help us to accept the uniqueness of this day and all that it will bring as we worship you, as we listen, as we engage with the world around us. Help us to accept that uniqueness. Help us to be who you call us to be on our front lines today. Confirming us your truth, we ask, by which we gather today, scattered yet together. So we offer you this day and ourselves and our lives for you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we're reminded, Lord, of those scripture that says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so we say praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Amen. So, Jane, let's uh, bring you back in. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it, visiting people in lockdown and enjoying nature and engaging I've, I don't know about you, Jane, but I've, I've read quite a bit about how people generally have engaged with nature more during these lockdown periods. Mm -hmm. And I know you're a bit of an outdoor girl and you enjoy your allotment and all that sort of stuff. Has, has that been true for you? 
Absolutely. It, it is a bit, bit of an anathema to me uh, when people like staying indoors. Mm. I just like being outdoors on every opportunity. And I think I love, I love being outside. Uh, and it reminds me of God as creator most of the time. You know, like you walk on along by the estuary and you see the heavens and the skies and you're reminded of God and his glory. And just up at the allotment, I love it. You can potter around, you can think about things, you can mull things over. And most importantly, you can just chat with God. Yeah. I found it really, really helpful through the pandemic. Later on, I want to address this sort of subject about being confident in a, in a complex world. And as I was preparing it this week, I, I came up with a question and we'd really like people to engage with it as they've done in the past in the comments section. And, and, and this is the question. It's when have you been most resolute or most resilient so so tell us when that's happened um because i guess we've all had to do that for one reason or another and i might ask you later on jane for for your answer to that so i'm giving you uh, early warning yeah thank you <laughs> that's okay well look we've got a guest with us today let's uh, let's bring richard in and say uh, good morning richard good, morning. good to see you uh, Richard, it, it says there on uh, uh, who you are, you're, you're involved with CAP. And uh, I'm going to pass over to Jane now because she's going to do a little interview with you and then she's going to pray for you. So, Jane, over to you. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, very lovely to welcome you, Richard, to Sunday Life here at Lira Baptist Church. Um, as you know, we've got a few questions. So let me just kick off with asking you, uh, for those of us who are not particularly familiar with CAP as a charity, uh, how would you describe the objectives of the charity? Okay, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to your service and uh, thank you for your support uh, for the, this work. Christians Against Poverty, uh, otherwise known as CAP, have two primary objectives. One is to release people from the pressure of unmanageable debt and the other is to share um, the, the gospel of, of Jesus, to share our Christian faith with, with people. Two very good objectives. Um, how is CAP organised locally uh, and what would you say are your main activities here in Southend? Okay, so um, six years ago um, we uh, started the work in, uh, in Southend. Uh, we set up a, a CIO um, uh, called Southend CAP Debt Advice Centre, uh, working over 15 different churches including uh, Lee Road. Um, and we have a very supportive group of uh, trustees and our current chair of trustees is Julie Eady, who you well know. Um, I was appointed as uh, centre manager uh, for the, the debt centre uh, at the beginning and within the year we looked to appoint um, two uh, additional debt coaches um, to help with that work. One was David Jewell, and, uh, who also you know very well, and uh, also Jenny Martin. Um, we've, um, we've recently also trained up uh, an additional debt coach, uh, Paul Coleman, and we're hoping that he's going to be able to start to take on new clients from the beginning of, of January. Basically what happens is once a, a, a client um, has booked in via our uh, CAP uh, National Helpline, uh, which is based in Bradford, um, they're, they're booked in with either myself or one of my colleagues. And we will then, uh, in normal circumstances, 
have been looking to visit them in their homes and uh, to, uh, to explain the service that CAP provide um, and, and help them with all the, um, the, the work that needs to be done around that. We've obviously had to adapt things um, because of um, not being able to visit people in homes. So uh, we changed over to working over the phone. Um, and, uh, and more recently, we've been able to go into COVID, I say secure, um, uh, churches to be able to start meeting up with clients face to face again there. Uh, we're very conscious that a lot of our clients have mental health issues. And uh, I was, as you were talking about being able to get out in the in the sunshine and out in the woods and, and such like, I was just conscious that so many of our, our clients just lock themselves away. Um, so actually trying to get them out and, and to, to see them is, uh, is a really big thing. Um, once we've sort of explained the work to them um, or the service that we provide to them, then uh, we sort all their paperwork out for them. Um, the only thing we're not really allowed, we're not allowed to do, full stop, is to give them advice. Uh, we are often tempted to give advice, but we're just not allowed to, to do it. Um, the advice that we give always comes from our from the CAP head office. Um, we uh, we will support them also maybe with food shops, um, mobile top ups. Uh, we run events for clients. We do hampers at, at Christmas. And, and this year, because we couldn't do events, we also did um, uh, things at Easter and during the, the summer holidays uh, as well. Um, we will. We're always willing to share our faith with, with clients, but we don't push it obviously on them. And, uh, and we always offer to, to pray for, for our clients, um, which is very, very rarely um, uh, turned down. Um, since we started six years ago, 113 clients have gone debt free. Uh, and uh, in, including quite a number during lockdown where yeah. we are able to concentrate on them and, and still yeah. be able to work with them remotely to, to do that. And we, and we know that, that 12 people have made first time commitments uh, to, to follow Jesus as well during that time. That is brilliant. You're so busy. Um, and finally, what are your current concerns uh, and how can we best pray for you? Okay, thank you. Uh, for, for the first time in six years, we don't have new clients booked in in advance. I've got a new client booked in for next Tuesday, uh, but after that, at the moment, it's, it's empty. And this is unknown territory for, for us. Um, we know God knows what he's doing, um, mm -hmm. but uh, we just want the right people to, to come forward mm -hmm. and uh, to, to get that help that we can, uh, we can give to them. Also, to pray for our debt coaches and the befrienders, um, I, I've gone to mention that they come out with us um, normally to, to visit clients and uh, a great support. Um, I do a weekly prayer email, so I know that goes out to about 50 or 60 people. So I know that we are very much surrounded by, by prayer. But, uh, um, but also just finally for perseverance and faithfulness in carrying out God's work in our town. Mm. Okay, thank you, thank you. May I pray for you and the work of CAP? Please. Father God, we thank you for CAP and the impact the charity has had on our society in your name. We thank you for the CAP communities up and down our country. 
We thank you for all who are debt-free as a consequence of the assistance they've received from CAP. We thank you for some. This also means they know you and are seeking to follow Jesus. Give them grace. Father, we thank you for Richard, for the debt co coaches and befrienders working in Southend. We thank you for the trustees tasked with ensuring the charity sticks to the objectives given them. Give them wisdom. In these turbulent times, Father, we pray for those struggling with debt and unemployment. And as uh, Richard's just mentioned, there's currently no clients on the, on the books, but we know that that isn't because people are not needing their service. So we ask for your spirit to guide them. And we ask that uh, those working for, trust, uh, for the trust here will be uh, full of perseverance and faithfulness and know your support and your, and your encouragement. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thank Richard. You, Thank you. Now I'm going to read a few verses from Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant. In the same way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Strength, courage, give it everything you have, heart and soul. Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage, don't be timid, don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. And now to Andrew. Thanks, Jane. I'm going to ask a picture is going to be put up and ask... Do you know who this person is? And some of you may recognize uh, Florence Chadwick. I've used her story before, but it's a great story. And so I'm going to remind us of it this morning. Florence was an accomplished swimmer back in the 1950s. She was the first American woman to swim the English Channel in both directions from England to France and then back. Now, some two years later, she uh, attempted to swim a similar distance from uh, the mainland in the USA, from California to Catalina Island. And uh, Florence, as she was when she swam the channel, was flanked by some boats of supporters and those who were helping her to make sure she wasn't attacked by sharks and all that sort of stuff. Now, after about 15 hours, a thick fog came down as she was swimming to the island. And she began to doubt really her ability to be able to to make the journey to be able to swim uh, even though she'd done it and much more before she carried on swimming for a further hour before she'd had enough and she pulled out and she was taken out onto one of the boats she had enough she'd given up unfortunately when she was on the boat she was told that she was just one mile away from her destination now that's the power of vision or in Florence's case, the lack of vision. People tend to give up when they have no future, when hope inspired by vision is, is taken away. Because vision makes and moves us to action. It keeps us in the game even when things are tough. In its absence, a bit like 
our friend Florence. We lose perspective. We can become discouraged and sometimes quit in what we're doing. Now, life throws up all kinds of fog to confuse us and distract us and to help us lose our way. We can find ourselves in all sorts of sort of cul-de-sacs and dead ends where we think there's no way out. But how might we find a sense of confidence in this complex world that we're currently living in. You know, we just heard when Jane and I were talking earlier about, you know, going to visit uh, relatives who uh, are perhaps not in such a good place as us and how that can lift our spirits. But it's complex getting there. And are we allowed to drive that far? But yes, we are because we're helping people's well-being. And some places are open where we can buy food and some aren't. And it is confusing, let alone how we cope in this context. Now, maybe that's how we feel today. We're in lockdown too. We, if you've seen the news this morning, you'll know that the government is, the cabinet is meeting today to discuss what our Christmases might be like and what we can't and cannot do. We're concerned, aren't we, about family and friends and the unknown and how will we celebrate Christmas? Will we be able to? I've got relatives arriving from the States tomorrow, and they're going to have to go into isolation. They're going to be here for over a month. Hopefully, we'll see them at Christmas, but we might not. It's a confusing, complex situation. Now, what might we need then from a practical, but particularly a spiritual perspective to prepare and be resolute and resilient? How can we be those sorts of people? If we're seeking to be followers of Jesus, what what resources can we call on? And if you've ever committed maybe to a diet or an exercise plan, some form of resolution perhaps. You know as well as I do, it's much easier to start something than it is to finish it. And I've often wondered why do some people finish what they start? Why is it some people are able to persevere in moments of adversity, push themselves in the direction of their potential. How, how, how do they do that? Well, I'd like to suggest that the key element in those who don't quit is resilience. I, I really like this picture. Some of you will have seen it before. Uh, I don't apologize for using it again. What is it like to be resilient people? Those who have it some have somehow gathered the lessons of life, both successes and, let's be honest, failures too to build a, a sort of a basis, a foundation of, of character and strength. I think we can identify some of those things. I wonder if ever in your career or your life, your relationships, we sometimes think what we could have accomplished if only sort of moments. I should have taken this direction, but I didn't. I should have made that decision, but I didn't. I, my career choice at this point wasn't good. My other choices I made weren't the best. I've been there, and I'm sure most of us have. But of all of us, face those would have, could have, should have sort of thoughts. But the question is, do we let those moments define us? Let's reflect perhaps for a moment. And when we do that, we realize there have been so many more occasions when we've made the right call, the best call, and we've benefited immensely from those good calls. And as followers of Jesus, I'd like to suggest that we require certain qualities that, that Joshua was called to use in that passage that, uh, and that story that Jane read to us this morning. Let me tell you about my friend Gordon. 
Gordon uh, is an engineer. He worked many years on hovercraft technology. He was, in the 1980s and 90s, seconded to the Army to help them develop uh, hovercraft technology. He worked in South America. He then joined the aid and development agency that I also worked for uh, later on in the uh, in the 2000s. Now, Gordon had had an accident. His uh, he, he badly damaged his leg and it limited his movement. Yet he continued to travel extensively to some of the most remote and sometimes practically most dangerous parts of the world. He was a man of great courage and fortitude, resolve and resilience. He's also a man of strong faith and he had a, a terrible sense of humour. He was once briefing me as I was going to a very remote part of Central America. And the final thing he said to me is, Andrew, when you go, he said, don't die. The paperwork is absolutely horrendous. That's the sort of man he was. Resilient people like Gordon are committed to staying and finishing strong. For people like them, quitting is not an option. Resilience is a daily dogged pursuit it shows that intense character that gordon had that some of us have had to call on from various times the second thing is resilient people remain inspired by the big picture they see life at that higher level they seem to have a sense of direction and, and can cultivate character they listen to god and what he's saying and they know how to tap into his resources these people often live generous lives, and some of the most generous people I have met have had little to give away. I think of my friend Harry, who, frankly, I don't know how his wife coped, because he would give all sorts of things away to people if he knew they needed them. One day she came home to find that their three-piece suite had disappeared, because Harry had met someone who didn't have, have one and needed one, and so he'd given these people his own. Harry, Gordon, and others, resilient people. The third thing I think we can see here is that resilient people live free from the weight of the past. Now, I just want to pause here for a moment because most of us, let's be honest, we're not good at this. Where possible, we realize the importance of repairing the past, of practicing repentance, but it can be really tough the forgetting bit, the forgiving bit. Life and faith takes many knocks. But reconciliation is based on forgiveness. And not to forgive leads to bitterness and hatred, which can gnaw away at our very being. Hatred in any form is always corrosive to our spirit. I wonder... If I can stop here for a moment and just say, if you're in that situation today where perhaps you're, you're carrying something from the past, where there's been a disagreement with someone and it's never been fully resolved, can I encourage you to try and do that? Lockdown perhaps gives us an opportunity to be able to grip situations and, and deal with them. People of resilience are quick to forgive is that you is that me perhaps we should dwell on that
People of resilience usually overflow with gratitude. They squeeze the past for all its wisdom. The fourth thing is that resilient people run confidently, training to go the distance. They prepare for the emergencies of life. They know what has to be accomplished. They keep fit. They pay attention to their body and their soul, but also their spiritual lives as well. They harness their emotions. They trim their egos. They're open to God's presence. And the final thing that I recognize here is that resilient people live in the company of a few good friends. Now, that's difficult in lockdown, but we can do it. Last night, we had one of those uh, 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 Zoom dinner parties with uh, four other friends. We're able to keep in contact through modern technology. Now, whether it's a phone call or a Zoom chat, whether it's a Google Hangout or Facebook or WhatsApp conversations, or just picking up the phone, we need to value lingering and just being, not to isolate ourselves from our friends and our family. To seek to maintain friendships, even in this pandemic, is so important. But it helps with our, our spirit as well, that we keep in contact with our spiritual friends, our church, our small groups that we're involved with, spiritual friends that we've known down through the years. Those that can encourage us, but we can encourage them too. These are people who often finish what we, they start, persevere in adversity and push ourselves on to our potential. Now, for followers of Jesus, life, particularly in this period we're living in now, almost requires us to become one of these resilient people. Now, for those of us who are finding lockdown hard, who've struggled this year, and let's be honest, from time to time, that's probably most of us. I believe that just one of those five things will help us gain a sense of perspective, especially from a spiritual viewpoint. For those of, seeking, those of us seeking resilience and resolve, these are the qualities of character that we should seek to be cultivating. Now, most of the resilient people I have met know the importance of cultivating Christian character. Now, none of us could have seen this COVID situation, pandemic, coming. We've not been here before. We've not had to deal with this before. And change is here. We're living life with change almost on a daily basis. And if we're honest, none of us likes change. I think we sometimes forget that change is probably the only real constant in life. We probably need to learn to adapt to it now more than ever we've done before. And in some ways, we can accept some levels of change. But when what appears to be the very backdrop to the way in which we live changes, well, then the illusion that this too is exempt is, is frankly shattered. And that's what's happened for many of us. The challenge is to find ways to shape our life around the flow of change, the experience of uncertainty and the possibilities, and there are many, that God opens up for us in a, in a situation like this. And I think those five things 
can really help us. Many of us live life if in a, in a stable way, in an orderly way, in a steady model. That's what we like. It's how we want to operate or how we think it ought to be. But if we're to accept that change is the new normal and that God alone is our fixed point and that transition is an opportunity for growth in faith as well as healing, just as it was for Joshua, then life may find us awake and responsive to hear what God has to say. Now, do you remember Florence Chadwick that we started with? Let me return to her story. Two months after that failed attempt, Florence tried again. But this time it was different. The same sort of thick fog set in, but she made it because she kept a mental image of the shoreline in her mind as she swam. In other words, she had a vision. She caught it that inspired her to keep on until she achieved her goal. Vision helped her see clearly through the fog. Now, many of us are living in times where perhaps we feel we're in the fog. But let me ask you a question. What might God do through us in this time? Who might we call today on the phone? Who might we encourage in their faith through a WhatsApp message or an email or a conversation? 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13, we read these words. Keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give all you've got. Be resolute. There's something really important there about life rooted in God. That it can really help us to stand firm just like the tree in this picture. Yesterday we walked a walk that I've done many times. There are many ancient trees that we passed. They're still there in spite of the storms, in spite of the big storm we had in the, in the 70s, in spite of all that, they've been, uh, that nature has thrown at it and, and the way we live has thrown at those trees. They're still there because they're rooted well. And that's what this uh, is a call to do. Let's remind ourselves as we finish of uh, uh, of those verses that Jane read earlier on. Strength, courage. Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step that you take. Let me pray. Father God, help us to be resilient, resolute people. Help us to be committed to staying strong and finishing well. Help us to see the big picture of life. Lord, sometimes we, we struggle with what's happened in our past and we need to deal with that weight from the past. We need to forgive and forget and move on. We need to seek reconciliation. May that be perhaps really important for us today, this week. Help us to stay fit spiritually and physically. 
so that we can cope with things as we're having to live at the moment, but also help us to encourage and not forget those good friendships, that we stay in company of some good friends that will encourage us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Lord, for all these things and others too, we ask for your help. And Lord, we remember those words, strength, courage. Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, our God, is with us every step that we take. Amen. So I think Jane's going to uh, join us. Here I am. There you go. So we've got some comments, Jane, have we? Yeah, we have. One that I particularly identify with is one from Rowena that's just come in. It says, resilience is not an easy thing to cultivate. Um, as, as people, we naturally run miles from problems, conflicts and challenges. I find that a really interesting observation because I would absolutely agree with that observation, except that I've, for myself, found in the pandemic that... Um, I've kind of been learning a thing or two about resilience that I wouldn't have done without this experience. And also there's another comment from uh, Missy Helen. And I love she, she get, kind of gives an account about the difficulties of being on her course with having support withdrawn uh, and then eventually it's all coming together and her perseverance and her courage to kind of stick with it uh, and kind of stay to the end, I think is just brilliant and exemplary. I've just seen Stephen's comment and he's commenting on about Florence and the story. I, I, I like that story. I know some people have heard me tell that story a few times, but I don't apologize. It's a great story. And he, he makes an interesting comment. He said, wouldn't it have been better if those who've been supporting Florence had reassured and encouraged her by telling her that she only had one more mile to go rather than pulling her out and, and the rest you can see there. Now, I thought that when I first read that message, and then I dug a bit deeper. And apparently one of the uh, uh, the rules were that they can support someone, but they can't tell them how far they've got to go. They can't tell them uh, those sorts of things. So Stephen's yeah. absolutely right, because I thought the same thing. Mm. But uh, if it's an official record, apparently you can't assist them other than keeping you know sharks and that sort of thing away. And I wonder how that fits in with people's lives generally yeah. that you know perhaps we sometimes expect people to tell us about some of the difficulties of life and yet mm. sometimes it's not always helpful mm. and sometimes we have to stand on our own and I totally agree with Stephen's comment because <clears throat> I desperately want to do the same thing mm. Mm. But there is something about personal responsibility, isn't there? And I, I, I you know, I know some people would take that view. What do you think, Jane? I think, I think it's a mixture, isn't it, of, of kind of taking personal responsibility. That was a venture that presumably she decided that she was going to undertake. But then, uh, like many athletes now, they, they, I don't know whether it was like that when she uh, did that challenge, but many athletes now have a big camp of people with them to support yeah. them, advise them, advise them on different things. So we do need we do need support and encouragement to, to kind of set out to achieve what we've, uh, we've we're, we're aiming for. I think sometimes the difficulty is though that people venture opinions one that we don't want to hear, 
and two, that we're not particularly listening to them. And sometimes we could maybe make better progress or, or learn more quickly if we would just pay a little bit more attention to others. I see there's one comment. I think it's from Andy, said he'd like a summary of those five things. And I'll make sure that gets out to people during yeah. the week. That's uh, that's fine, Andy. Uh, we can uh, we can do that. Um, there's some other comments there about being resolute and resilient through tough times. Crazy cello lady says, um, when other people have needed me, uh, been, tr been relying on me, with God's help, I'm able to overcome. When uh, on my own, I would have been tempted just to give up. Mm. That reminds me of many a sporting uh, game I've been involved with. That you suddenly hear a voice. It could be a parent, or normally for me, it was a teacher or a coach shouting something. And it just gives you that spurt uh, yeah. to carry on. Um, we need that from one another, don't we? And that's why I said cultivating good friends is so yeah. important. Yeah. Um, you know, spiritually as well as. Uh, as physically. Jane, what about you? I said I'd ask you about times when you uh, were resilient. Um, well, when I thought about it, I thought I'm not sure that I'm a particularly resilient person. However, I have uh, I have learned about the subject during uh, the pandemic because I found on occasion my mind just going to going to very unhelpful places. Just I, I kind of call them slippery thoughts where your mind just goes yeah. slippery just kind of goes all over the place. And I found uh, a little way to counter that. And I think it's to do with really holding on to your convictions, what you mm. know of God, yeah. um, what are the tenets of your faith? Um, why is it important to, to you? And kind of allowing those to influence you. Because I think I'm like you, I'm a little bit of a current affairs enthusiast. I love uh, keeping up to date. I like, um, you know, on my Twitter feed, knowing what the politicians are up to and what have you. But I think I come to times sometimes where everything just looked very bleak. And yeah. um, maybe there were some things that were occurring in my family with, with people that I love. And I've just lost my way. And I think it's just really important to kind of know the God that we believe in and have faith in and, and kind of remember the experiences that we've had in the past where he has been faithful and he has kept his promises to us. And uh, and the other thing that I've learned is that, that kind of extortion, extortion in 1 um, uh, Thessalonians about praying continually and kind of like we tend to carry all this burden and anxiety mm. and worry. And uh, I've found that when I have done that, uh, God lightens the load and kind of hears my prayer. I, I really relate to Cecilia's comment where she says, God has shown us that he is there even when we can't yeah. see him. Yeah. And when I think of some of the challenges I've faced down through the years, there have been times when uh, that's been true, yeah. uh, that I know God's been there, even though yeah. I've had to face some pretty tough yeah. stuff. Yeah. There's a sense of that there. Andy talks about very openly about some challenges he had in the past with a a boss that, uh, that 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 bullied him a bit, and he had to make some tough decisions in the workplace, mm -hmm. and that God was giving him a real sense of strength, mm -hmm. and that's when he had to be resilient. There, there, there are loads more, um, and 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 we could carry on talking uh, for ages. I mean, Chris Monument it talks about encouragement 
for her counselling clients to say the words, I forgive, even when they don't feel it yet. That, Chris, you're so right. But that's mm. tough stuff, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, I know that some people carry things for years mm. and we need, to, we need to let them go. Mm. Uh, but that's very easy to say, isn't it, Jane? Mm. And it's kind of like that, that habit of training your mind to think in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. There's a Radio 4 program called All in the Mind. And I just, the more I thought about it, I think the more that we um, are in these kind of circumstances in the pandemic, so much of it is in our mind. That's why we have to kind of cultivate habits of, I think, kind of being in, in, in the Bible, kind of reading and reminding ourselves of God's character, of praying. And I think really importantly as well, being with, with people that just listen to us and encourage us along the way. I, I see in the latest uh, comment section there that uh, our tech team have been able to put those five things up. So uh, if people want to make a note of them, they'll they'll remain there. But um, I'm sure those could be included in our midweek communication. I, I'm on. Uh, Steve's on leave today. He's having a break. It's a pre-Christmas uh, Sunday break before we start getting into advent and uh, I'm, I'm i'm not here next week for the same sort of reason so uh, i'm sure david and others will make sure those comments uh, get to other people so good stuff well look um one of the things jane you and i've been keen to encourage people to do is to uh, relate their faith to their front lines their workplace their families you know wherever they are and we've in the past got people to share a little bit about what will they do this time tomorrow and we're going to be doing that over the next few weeks with some video clips. So uh, we're going to use one today, and, and we were going to show this last week. But because of the content of it, it fits into this theme of resilience. We thought we'd show it today. So uh, let's hear from Emma. So I've been asked about my front line. Um, on Monday morning, I'll be working at a school and what I do there is I work as a school nurse. So my job's really varied. I could do very minor things like cuts, bruises, burns from cooking lessons, that kind of thing, to more important things like medication management, dealing with children with long-term health issues, uh, sports injuries, and then moving on to more mental health issues, and most importantly, safeguarding concerns that I have. So I... I would work alongside other staff at the school and refer children to different agencies to support them and help them on their journey. Um, my challenges are that that can be quite tough a lot of the time, hearing about how children are living, it, you know, especially when it's very different to your own children or your own background, because these children have come from all walks of life and some of it can be extremely upsetting to hear that they're living like they are. Um, but the joy is, being able to form a really valuable relationship with them. Uh, I think people always find nurses quite easy to talk to, in my experience anyway. I get told a lot of things by people, and I'm usually the first port of call for a lot of these children. So being able to form that bond with them, being somebody they can trust, that they can talk to and share things with, I find that really a, such a fulfilling part of the job because then I can really help them into their adulthood hopefully having overcome a lot of the issues that they've had to face in their teens 
What would be useful to pray for is not just for me, but for the nursing community as a whole. It's obviously been an extremely difficult year for nurses, especially those in the NHS. And there seem to be more and more nurses leaving the profession because it's just got too much for them this year with the hours and the very difficult working conditions COVID has made happen. Um, I think nurses really need resilience and strength just to carry on through this second wave and come out the other side. So I just pray that they will stick together and really find the strength to carry on. Thank you. Thank you, Emma. That was a really good insight into your working day. We'll pray for you and I'm going to lead us in other prayers as well right now. Father, we thank you for the NHS and we thank you for all those employed in it. We thank you that we live in a country where treatment is free at the point of need. Help us not to take this for granted. Father, we pray for all those working in hospitals, nursing homes, surgeries and schools at this time. We ask that you would protect them. Give them the capacity and the resilience they need to work in these challenging times. Father, we particularly ask that you would give nurses extra physical and emotional resources at this time. Would you give them courage and strength to carry on through the second wave of the pandemic? Help them to stick together, giving encouragement and support to one another. And Father, we thank you for Emma. Thank you for her care and for her compassion. Thank you for the bonds of trust she is able to build with students at the school, supporting them through really difficult times. Thank you that she channels your love. Bless her tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Father, we pray for those we know who are suffering with COVID, with chronic health conditions and mental health issues. Bring healing to them. We pray for those who are mourning, those who are isolated and lonely. Give them comfort and hope. We pray for the leaders of our country the Prime Minister and his Cabinet, the Opposition, MPs and our local government. We pray for our church leaders and faith leaders in their communities. Would you give them wisdom and boldness and courage? Father, we pray for our local community, for small businesses along Lee Road, for families trying to make ends meet, for our schools, for the care homes, for other churches. Father, we pray for our families and friends, for those we are worried about, we entrust them to your care. May they experience something of your love and of your faithfulness. And Father, we thank you for the promising development of a number of vaccines. Thank you for brilliant minds. We ask for a fair distribution of these vaccines. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Now going to go over to Andrew for the notices.
Yeah, I always get the boring stuff at the end, don't I? But hey, there we go. <laughs> Can I just say to folk, uh, if you've liked what we've been doing, if you'd like to like that on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, it just uh, helps us in that way. There's uh, one or two quick notices that I need to bring. Believe it or not, next Sunday, next Sunday is the beginning of Advent. And uh, Steve will be leading us on that occasion, as I've already said, that's 10.30 a.m. online. And we're hoping that if the government restrictions are then lifted, that we will then be starting to return to some form of physical services the following week. But Steve will bring you up to date on what that means next week. So be patient uh, and uh, we will be able to tell you through Steve next week. Can I remind you about the food bank? Um, and uh, on Sundays and Mondays and Wednesdays, we're open as a donation point at the church uh, for you between uh, 10 and 11. And there's a new list that's come out on the food bank website locally of some of this, particularly some of the Christmas related uh, items. And one of the things uh, we want to encourage our local neighbors here to do is to think about buying uh, an extra. Um, advent calendar to give to the food bank so that that can be passed on uh, to children who may not get one in any other circumstance the final thing is to say as always that um, we really appreciate everyone and their ongoing financial support if you would normally give uh, on a sunday um, but you're not able to do that you can donate five pounds to lrbc text that to uh, 70970 or to donate £10, text LRBC to 70191. I've been asked to say that for folk who are listening on the phone or on our podcast. And if you'd like to donate any amount at any time, uh, you can go online to our website www.lrbc.org.uk forward slash give and you're able to give to the work that we're doing with our community and supporting, as you've heard, uh, some of the activities that are going there. Well, it's been great to be with you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord show his favour to you and give you peace. Amen. And now for the RRBC grace. May the the grace of our Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and evermore. Amen. 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 Amen.